Well, we appreciate everybody uh, coming out this morning. Most of you are, are our people that have been serving and working with uh, Masters Men Disaster Response. For those that may not know, my name is uh, Ken Akers. I'm director of Masters Men. Uh, been that for a little over 20 years now. Been with Masters Men a little over 23 years. And uh, just a quick background. Back in 2004, I had a pastor from North Carolina, actually over around uh, Stacy, I think it was, over on the coast, contact me. They had had a couple of hurricanes come through and their church got flooded. And he called me and he said, do we have anybody that can help with our church because it had been flooded? And I had to tell him, no, we, we didn't have anybody or anything that we could do. And, and it really burdened me because when I became director of Master's Men, the verse that uh, I chose was an odd verse uh, come from Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 6, where if you know the story of Nehemiah, he had a burden for a city, he goes back to rebuild it. And in Nehemiah 4, 6, it, it's talking about, or in 4, it's talking about they got the, ball, the walls built up halfway around the city. And Nehemiah, the end of Nehemiah 4, 6, it says, and they got it done because the people had a mind to work. And I believe that it, when we put our mind at working, we can get a whole lot accomplished. So anyway, uh, I, I felt like God laid on my heart that we needed to do something. I've said this many times or, or in many places that God gets blamed for some things he had nothing to do with sometimes. But So I started praying about it, and, and long story short, we, we got a, a truck, and we had it actually at the National in 2005 in Louisville, Kentucky. And we had people bringing in tools, and we, we had it really equipped. And then a little thing in August of 2005 called Hurricane Katrina hit. And so we were, were able to mobilize. We had... Uh, over 50 people show up the first day in Gulfport, Mississippi, and so it began. And since that time, we've been uh, as far west as Moore, Oklahoma, after a uh, tornado hit there. And I know a lot of you probably saw the, the news reports. There was a school knocked down and killed several children uh, there. And so uh, we were there. Then we have been in every state from Louisiana uh, all the way up to North Carolina and, and everywhere in between. And so uh, we're trying to help. I, I tell people, uh, I'm, I'm one of the last people you ever want to see, you know, uh, because if, if we show up, there's something bad has happened. But today we want to talk about, and I had a handout and it's probably still in Nashville somewhere. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I thought I had it, you know. Between traveling and not being in the office and trying to get everything packed and stuff like that, things get lost along the way. But if you are interested, we can send it to you. But what we just want to talk about is what can your church do? If you are in the area, how can you help? And if you're not in the area, what can you do? And I've got a couple of guys. I did have another pastor, uh, Brother Jim Patton from Pikeville, Kentucky, when year before, was it last year or year before last? It was last year. Oh, that's right. It was last year, um, a little over a year ago, or right at a year ago, a very strange phenomenon happened. They had 12 inches of rain in two hours or something like that. There was one spot we worked at that I figured from where the creek normally was, 
to where it crested was 18 feet of water. Uh, just amazing the amount of water. And, and I grew up, that's, that's my home area, Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. And I'm used to flooding, but I, nothing like this I've ever seen in my life. But he uh, helped coordinate and organize what was going on there so that it helped. Uh, and th they provided food and, and places to stay and helped organize groups to go out and like that. And I'd have Kim come. And then Mark Price is pastor in southern Ohio, and his church uh, came down and started working. And so he's going to talk a little bit in just a few minutes about that. And then we have Blake Nance, Blank, Blake pastors in Pensacola, and they've been hit more than a time or two uh, down there, and it was, I think, year before last that they got hit with a hurricane, and I was somewhere doing something else, and, and Brother Sam went down there, uh, and he'll introduce himself, and, and Blake had things very well organized. Uh, Alan was there for that also, uh, and we have you know several people, like I said, that have worked with us, uh, Alan Austin, now we give him a chance to speak, Sam McVeigh who works with us at North American Ministry, Mark Price, Blake Nance, uh, Manuel Lopes has helped some, Kevin Flanagan, uh, all these guys and maybe others, huh? David. And David, yeah, and, and where'd John? Oh, John back here uh, also. So we've got a lot of guys that have worked it and helped with it. And so Blake, uh, let me have you come if you would first. Uh, put him on the spot. Hey, I put him on the spot because I just told him yesterday late. Yeah, you know, uh, just come out and talk. Just talk about what your church did, what you guys did, as being in there, and what a church can do if you are in the middle of it. You just need that. I just need this. Okay. This is being recorded. So that's that's what I was about to say. That's scary. That gave me. Gave me the microphone that's being recorded. Uh, hey, my name's Blake. I'm from uh, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you probably know uh, in Florida the wind every now and then will blow. Uh, sometime, uh, during, sometime during the summer, uh, it'll blow a little bit. We, it was um, 2020, as if that wasn't a weird enough year. Uh, it, that's when Hurricane Sally blew, blew through. Uh, you, you guys probably came down in 14 for the flood as well. I, I, I wasn't there. I was in Imbula at that point. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you did. We still have the buckets. We still have some of the buckets, uh, actually, from from that. Um, but uh, here's here's what I I I learned uh, as as a as a pastor. You don't know how much you appreciate this ministry uh, until until you need it. Uh, I think I think it was so. I got to Beulah in fourteen, and I think fifteen or sixteen is when it flooded in New Orleans. Is is that? Uh, I'm sorry, not New Orleans, but uh, in Louisiana. And so we, yeah, we, so we took a group over from our church. We, we had a, a trailer at that time. We went over and got at a house uh, and help, helped out uh, over there. But that's different uh, when you're going to help uh, than when you're the one that needs it. Uh, so I, I, do, I do appreciate Brother Ken and Alan and Sam and uh, this, this ministry. I, I, I really do. Uh, so, I mean, they, they asked me to talk about what, what we did uh, as a as a church to kind of prepare for uh, for for them for them coming. Um, look, this isn't groundbreaking. <laughs> uh, like this is this isn't anything you're gonna be like. Oh. Uh, but uh, here's here's what we did uh, to prepare. Um, we asked people what they needed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, really, really, that was that was about as simple as it as it was. And I'm I'm very. Uh, 
uh, personally, uh, like my personality, I'm, I'm very fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, like you know, I, I'm not a I'm not extremely organized person. I'm I'm very uh, here, there, and everywhere. Like my you know shiny objects gonna get my attention, and I'm gonna go off this way and that way and everywhere. You know, I'm I'm like a hyperactive squirrel. Uh, that's that's kind of who I am. Uh, however, I, I try to be a little bit uh, more conscious of other people's time. Uh, so I knew that uh, I knew Sally. We knew Sally was coming. Uh, we had done everything that we could to prepare uh, for that. And but, but what I also knew uh, is that after Sally, that I was going to get a phone call. Uh, I knew I, I knew that uh, that the master's man were going to call us and find out what we needed. Uh, so I was already starting to kind of think think that through. Uh, already like okay how can I have these guys here uh, when when they, how can I have them help when they get here so uh, as soon as uh, Sally came came through uh, we had we, we, were, we were able to have services uh, and when we had services I just said hey you guys let me know what you need if you have trees down if any anybody that you know uh, has has trees down you you let us you let us know what we can do uh, so we had a, a huge list a bigger list than than we could accomplish in the in the in the weekend or so that that in the several days that they were there uh, as a matter of fact I think y'all came back uh, I, I ended up uh, twice yeah yeah I, I, I went out of town found something else to do uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I was out of town the second time that they that they came. But we organized that through just I mean really just asking people uh, and and compiling a list saying okay here's what we need to do. Uh, I'm kind of mapped out the area uh, of okay where where's the address of these people where's the address of these people. Uh, so I had the area mapped out that way we could kind of consolidate and say okay we're going to be in this area of Pensacola on this day this area the next day that way we weren't dri we were not driving all over town back and forth and back and forth. Um, I don't want to. I, I didn't want to waste their time. I didn't want to. Um, while I enjoy fellowship, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be standing around waiting on phone calls, waiting on people to get back up with us while we're just kind of standing around doing nothing. Um, so I, I tried to be as efficient as possible uh, with 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 all that. Uh, and the second thing that I tried to do was feed them well. Uh, I sort of uh, yeah. I tried to tried to make sure that they were uh, that they were taken care of. Uh, but I, I mean that's that, that's about as good as I can. As I can say it, if anybody has um, anything else, I can say they can just ask. Uh, all right, uh, but yeah, we we just compiled a list and made sure everything was together and organized. Uh, that way, we were all busy from the moment they got there to the moment we left. Thank you, Blake. And and uh, you know, in addition, like he said, you know, we, having a plan of where people go and not sending somebody to this side of town. Then they spend an hour driving to this side of town because when there's trees down, sometimes you can't get there. Uh, several years ago, South Carolina got flooded, and I was out driving from one spot to another. I come, a bridge is washed out, the road's gone, so I have to turn around and go back. So when you've got it organized like that, that helps. Uh, and he mentioned about the food, which is, is good. Uh, shelter is a very good thing. If you've got a, a gym or uh, when we went to Allen's church after uh, one of the hurricanes hit down there, you know, we stayed in the back of the church. We had uh, generators so we could have fans and, and all like that. So when we go in, something with Master's Men, we have trailers now all over the country, as far west as uh, uh, Oklahoma, uh, north of Tulsa there and then Alan's got one Mark's got one we've got one in Virginia we've got one in Lexington Kentucky we have one in Virginia 
Wise, Virginia, and I just talked with, uh, we have one in Arkansas, and they have actually bought, their church has bought one, so I've got a small one that I can relocate somewhere else. But these are things, if you're there uh, in the area that you can help with, that we would, uh, and, and we can help. God has really blessed the ministry. We have been able to uh, accumulate some money. We bought two new trailers for the group in Ohio and the one in Wise, Virginia. And if we need to get others, we can. I was talking to John about maybe getting one for Eastern Kentucky uh, to have because they're in Lexington or Central Kentucky. But we also were able to purchase a, a Bobcat skid steer with, you can't imagine how valuable that is. When they went to Pensacola, Sam's brother had one and brought it up and used. Now we have our own with a, a trailer to haul it on. We've got a, we were able to purchase a, an older uh, Ford F-350 Dually that we can pull it with. We've got a Dodge 2500 that I've had from original. By the way, the first truck we had, when I drove it to uh, uh, Mississippi and, and back, I figured out that might not be the truck we need. It got five miles a gallon. Uh, so, so I sold it and got a pickup truck, and, and we did. Uh, we had a we were able to purchase a a toy hauler, uh, a camper that we can put our uh, uh, Kubota side by side in the back of. But we took it to Kentucky, and and some of us stayed in it at a campground there. We just had a gentleman donate us a donate us a 37 foot motorhome that we're getting fixed up. So these are things we can drive and people can live in there in addition, you know, and they'll have generators and, and all like that. So I'm gonna ask Mark to come. Uh, Mark and his crew went way above and beyond. Normally what we do is we go in, we try to help clean up as much as we can, move trees, tear out sheetrock and insulation and all like that. And we're not there usually because we're, we're a very small fish in a very big pond. But we try to, to help as much as we can initially. But Mark, uh, God laid on their heart to, to work with a group of, of houses in a certain area. And I'll let him tell you about that. It was actually a year ago. Uh, we'd gotten home from the National. And Keith Burden, or, or Eddie Moody, I'm sorry, was scheduled to, to preach our conference revival July 31st through April 3rd. So it's during that revival that Eddie's getting news from Ken and from other people in Kentucky of the massive flood that had taken place down in southeast Kentucky. So nightly at the revival, Eddie is giving us updates. And our small association, we decided we were gonna start gathering cleaning supplies, mops, brooms, shovels, anything that we could do. And I was gonna take it down to Kentucky on Monday August 8th. Well, I found out that Ken was going to be gathering at the Pikeville Church, and I think there were probably 30 roughly people that showed up there were Jim Patton pastors, and a lot of the guys in our church decided we want to go. So we pulled the trailer with our church van, and I think there were nine or ten of us in the van that went down, and uh, Jim Patton had very uh, meticulously put together treasure maps uh, so to speak, he printed out Google directions to all the different projects. He said, your contact is Pastor Mark Wagner at the Neon Church of God. He said that they got flooded, they need help. And we went down there expecting to help that church. And as we pulled into Neon, if you could imagine Mayberry underwater, that's what it reminded me. As you pulled into Neon, there's a little theater, 
Uh, there was a public library, and it just was this neat little town, but they'd already drug all of their contents from the buildings out to the curb. The National Guard's there. They've got five-mile-an-hour signs up everywhere. You see the soldiers walking around. We were so awed by what we saw that we missed our turn. We ended up leaving town, found another church to pull in, kind of find out where we were. GPS didn't work real well down there in Ken's stomping grounds. And uh, while we were waiting, an older couple came by, and that church was supposed to have been open handing out cleaning supplies and stuff, and they had a need. So that was our first opportunity. We prayed with them. We gave them what they needed and then some. And uh, by the time we got back to the neon area right there in town and found the church, maybe a half hour had passed. And as we pull in, Pastor Mark comes out, just all smiles. And his, his church had been flooded. If you could have seen that area, some of you were there uh, on that day. But uh, he said, what is it you can do? I said, we'll do what no one else wants to do. And I had two or three of my guys looking at me like, where'd that come from? He said, well, you won't believe it. He said, I just had an elderly man and his son that just left here. Retired coal miner, he's on oxygen. Uh, their houses were underwater, and they're desperate. They need help. So he called them back, and they came. Instead of helping Mark Wagner and his church, we ended up on Seminole Lane. We worked for a fellow, his name was Leonard Fleming. If you look up Leonard Fleming's name on Google, you're going to see where he stood before the joint uh, house or Senate subcommittee after the, uh, one of the most horrible coal mine disasters in the history of our country. He was a safety inspector for the United Mine Workers for years. His black lung on oxygen, just a very gracious man. Um, he stood at the head of his driveway or sat in his car and wept as we carried everything he owned out and piled it in the yard. Alan was with us on that trip. Um, everything was muddied. Uh, it had the, the stench of uh, brackish water or, or um, septic tanks that had all come up out of the contents, come out of the ground. Everything was contaminated. If it was wet, it had to be carried out to the yard. Appliances, carpet, clothing, furniture, books, trophies, you name it. And uh, he, he just sat up there and wept as we took all of his life and piled it up in a heap in his front yard. Our guys left that day um, changed. We realized how quickly um, things can happen and people can lose absolutely everything. Uh, his son lived next door. There were two other houses. Um, next door was another fellow and next to him was his niece. But there's four houses within the length of a football field. All the way home, we couldn't stop thinking about Leonard and, and uh, what we'd seen and done that day. We decided we wanted to go back. When we went back, I think you ended up sending us a couple different other places. And, and you know, that's a whole different story. I think you and Stanley were with us on the one where we pulled all the insulation out from a mobile home and an addition. A guy had worked for three days and didn't get a quarter of the way into it. And the crew that went out there, they finished it up in a day, would have taken him three weeks. Uh, other things that we went and did, um, it just, it was life-changing. And it helped us see that while we had built 
wheelchair ramps and done little things around our little community. We'd never done anything quite like this. And then we found out that all the stuff we piled in the yard at Leonard Fleming's house, FEMA said, we're not gonna to touch that because it's on private property. It had to be sorted. The appliances had to go up to the main road. Uh, anything that would burn, we burned. So we went back, we took a dump trailer and a tractor with forks and a bucket and we worked all day sorting where just two days before they'd killed some really fat copperheads. And uh, thank God we never saw any snakes. And they're there, you know they're there. Long story short, uh, Jim Patton put us up. It, it got to where we were running down and back. It's a three hour drive one way for us. We were going down and back in a day. We decided we're gonna start coming, spending a night, and working a couple of days. Jim Patton let us sleep in Sunday school rooms, gave us one of the best cold showers that I've ever seen. Good water pressure, just ice cold water. But they always fed us well. Um, they always fed us well. If there was a big enough group, they'd have a carry-in for us. And if it was just four or five of us, they'd take us to a steakhouse, or a Chinese buffet, or you know, they'd take us out to eat. Um, it was at a Mexican restaurant. I don't know how long I've got. I'll try to wrap it up in three minutes. Is that okay? I uh, was at a Mexican restaurant one night, and I was really burdened because now they'd stripped two of the houses down to the bare studs. We found out that Leonard and his son Ross got $10,000 each from FEMA. Now, if you know anything about construction, you know $10,000 isn't going to touch anything. They not only had to build their houses back, they had to furnish them, new wardrobes, everything else. We had a little bit of money, and I told Jim, I said, I'd like to use that money at least buy some insulation, try to help them start putting some things back. And Jim said, hold on, we've got money coming in from all over. He said, I probably got $21,000 right now for things just like this. If you'll provide the manpower, I'll do my best to provide the insulation, the wiring, the plumbing, and the drywall. We'll go as far as we can. So I made my last trip down there on Saturday, February 4th. We took furniture for the last house that we needed to help with furniture. But in between, we, we built back two houses from bare studs up with the help of guys from South Carolina, West, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, um, Florida, almost at Alabama. But we did have Alabama. We had guys coming from all over and uh, would have work days. And I'd send out MailChimp emails and we, all these guys were on the list. So we're gonna try to be there on this day. Here's our, our intention, what we want to accomplish. Here's what we're gonna need. And uh, as a result, our ladies group at the church organized a tractor trailer load. Rural King provided a semi and a trailer. And we took a semi load of housewares and clothing and supplies to, um, what was it? A Christian Appalachian project, is that what it was? CAP, I think it was, in Kentucky. Um, and it just, one thing led to another, and uh, to God be the glory, but we helped build back four houses and help people get back in their homes. But again, it was just, it was a concerted effort of people that wanted to get involved and came, and I had certified electricians um, doing the electrical work. Uh, it, it was incredible, the people that come out of the woodwork. 
And then a Mennonite group helped finalize the, the, the drywall, I think, in Ross's house. It was uh, three guys and about nine girls from Pennsylvania. And I've never seen girls hang drywall before in dresses, especially, but uh, they knocked it out. But we're just thankful for the opportunity the Lord gave us. I can tell you, I can speak forever about how tools and donations and things come in. We had a, a company donated between three and $5,000 worth of tools for our trailer. They would have bought our trailer for us if we didn't already have one. So uh, it was, it's been an incredible thing to be a part of. And I appreciate Ken for getting us in there and getting us involved. Well, this is one time we won't call those Buckeyes worthless nuts. They, 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 were, they were fantastic. And, and there was guys, I think they were driving two or three hours before they even got to where you were to, to come down there. And, 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 and six hours one way. And these guys worked hard and, and uh, you know, a, a, a real blessing for that. So what he's saying is, if you're not in the area, you can organize where you're at and get supplies and, and get funding. You know, that's, that's one of the, the biggest things is, is being prepared ahead of time with funds that you can use for, for different things. And we've been, like I said, we've been blessed. There's been times when we didn't have any money because we've used it. People don't think about it when it's not happening. You know, you don't think about giving to a disaster response group when there's no disaster, but, but we need that and have that in on um, hand uh, to do that with. And so, uh, again, we've been very blessed. There are some other pieces of equipment that we're looking for right now. Mark was talking about some of the businesses in Neon, and one of the groups that had come in there to help had a mini skid steer. Now, if you've never seen one of these, it's like a, a bobcat, but you stand on the back of it, and it's got a bucket on the front, or it's got a grapple on the front of it. Oh man, I, I, and, and I mean, I, I almost lusted for that. I mean, you know, you know for heavy equipment. I, but I really thought that would be great because one place that Sam and I worked, we couldn't get into the back of the house because of the mud and and just the proximity. That would have been able to give us an opportunity to go in there. So that's something we're looking for uh, right now. And I'm going to ask Alan. I'll have Alan come next and talk a little bit. Uh, Alan is in Florida in the, in the uh, Gulf area and has been hit. And we were able to go. Uh, normally we wait a week or two sometimes before we go in because here's one thing people don't understand you can't always just run into some place you've got to let people the the first responders do uh, search and rescue you know find people that may be trapped or or whatever then you've got people that need to be with their insurance companies because if we go into a house we tear everything out of it and then insurance comes in later and they say we don't know what it was before they won't get anything fema though they don't give much you know they have to come in and do some inspection so we can't always just run in in the case with with alan uh, danny Kahn and i were able to load up and we were there within 24 hours of when the hurricane hit because I knew Alan would be working in the area, and so we went into church, helped clean his church up area up, and they, for months afterwards, served people in their area. So, Alan, you come and just talk a little bit about whatever you want to talk about with, with <laughs> what we do. Um, 
interesting. Well, with, with what we do and, and what we did, um, when Hurricane Michael hit on October 10th of 2018, um, it was one of those things. I was in North Carolina two days before working Hurricane Florence. They're calling me going, we have one. I'm like, okay, you know, it's way down below Cuba. We're good, you know, but this thing was cruising. And I got in Tuesday afternoon. It hit Wednesday morning. And so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare in my community because I was away. But the thing that is incredible about Free Will Baptist is the next morning I was getting phone calls. And I'm glad I got them that morning because our cell service went down that afternoon and was down for about 48 hours. And so we didn't have contact with anybody. And so what happened with us is I, I got those phone calls and stuff started rolling in. And the thing that I want to talk about, a couple of things. One is um, like Blake and some of these other churches that we've been to, they have showers. We stayed in Sunday school rooms, but they had a shower. And then when we went to Pikeville, they had the house that had the shower. It was cold. But, you know, Billy Ray, Billy Ray helped us, but Billy Ray got us some hot water the second night. But uh, there's this guy in the church looks just like Billy Ray Cyrus. And I think his name is Jacob, but we called him Billy Ray. But uh, so one of the things in preparing for ahead of time, how do we respond to this, is if your church at all possible can have showers, do that. We had a crew come in from South Carolina about the next week, I think it was, or that following Sunday, may have been, I don't remember, and they built showers, it's outdoor showers at our church. It's got the tankless water heaters, got everything there. I mean, and so we had folks came in, our crews were able to go in there. I was taking a cold shower in the house and they had a hot shower out there. But uh, you know, if you can do that, that's huge. But with everybody calling, what can we do? What can we bring? And I'm like, we need everything. And literally we did. Because those of you who come, you saw the area, it was, obliterated. Um, I mean, we have no trees left. Uh, I mean, it was just major. So we set up a, a distribution center and I have a lady in my church who about, this thing was about over. We were about to close this thing. She said, preacher, she said, if you ever need somebody to go and help set up a distribution center somewhere after one of these, she said, I'll go. And she did an incredible job putting ours together. Now she's probably gonna tick you off because she's one of those that she's gonna get it done. She's gonna tell you what to do. She's gonna get, you know, I mean, she's just that kind of person. But the thing is, she gets it done. And every church unless you have major damage. We had a church right down the road from us, tried to open a distribution center. Two days later, insurance came in and said, you gotta shut it down. We can't have anybody in this building. But if you can, that is a huge help to your community. Uh, we literally had two semis backed up to our church and unloaded. I got a call about seven o'clock one morning and said, a guy's gonna call you in about 30 minutes. They're flying a load down to you from South Carolina. The South Carolina, the Florence Baptist um, Association had a plane. I went to the Panama City Airport, packed our church van. 
Um, they brought a Cessna down. They had every crevice and crater in that thing packed full of stuff. Um, so people respond. And the, thing, the, the point that I want to make is your church can respond as well in bringing that stuff in, letting the community know. We actually took a piece of plywood and a tarp and painted on it. We have this. Um, one of the things that my wife did as, as well is we were without power for two weeks. And she took grills and gas burners and we fed over 200 people a day. And churches came in and helped. Uh, not just Free Will Baptist churches. We had a Southern Baptist church come later on and fed us Thanksgiving dinner because we were still working. Our distribution center was open until the first week in December. Um, people were still bringing stuff. And people called, what do you need? And we just gave specific needs. Um, diapers were huge. <laughs> I'll never forget. We need fours. Okay, yeah, we you know, somebody call, well, you know, I need number four diapers, you know. Um, but it's, it's those kind of things. And, and people, it's like Blake said, he knew somebody was going to call. People, the churches, pastors, they're going to call you. What do you need? Be specific. Now, at the beginning, I said everything, and we did need everything. But as time went on, it got specific. Um, and so, you know, those are the kind of things that your church can do in response to that. One of the things that I've said, and I've told some pastors this, if you can at your church, and especially if you're in a disaster-prone area like tornadoes or hurricanes or floods, put an RV hookup at your church. Um, because we have the toy hauler, South Carolina has one, we have the motorhome now. Uh, we have people that come in. Stanley Webb from Alabama, he has a motorhome. Bring, you know, we bring those things in. We don't have anywhere to put them. When the tornadoes hit Mississippi back in March, he had to park his at a warehouse. So if you have those at your church, you just hook right up to them. And if you want specifics on that, I can talk to you about that. But um, you know, those, are, those things are huge. So, you know, how do you respond after a disaster? There's a lot of things there, but there's ways that you can prepare ahead of time. And one of those is it. Um, and so every church can be a part. Uh, we had a guy pull up one afternoon and he said, I'm from LaGrange, Georgia, from something, something United Methodist Church. And, you know, there was a long conversation on how they found out about us. But he said, you know, we've only got about 25 or 30 members, but we wanted to help. He had a trailer full of stuff. So every church can help. And even if your church is that small, you can still help in your community. And by the way, there is no greater outreach for your church than to be able for them to know we're here for you. Three weeks ago, I was serving at a food pantry and a lady come through the line and she stopped in her vehicle and she said, you're the pastor at Traveler's Rest, aren't you? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I, I just want to thank you for what you did for us after the storm. It's been five years. The greatest opportunities you have for your, reaching out to your community is especially because they're vulnerable and they will listen to you. They'll be there. Now, I will say this. If they say, hey, I'm coming to your church because you help, don't count on it. 
because we could have had our church packed twice if we'd have had all those people, but they didn't. But the thing is, you can help. Distribution, setting up things ahead of time. If you have a shower, you, that's huge. Just be able to come in and help. Um, and so that's one of the big things we did. Um, and as far as the distribution stuff, because we had our church pile full of stuff and we gave away stuff for, for months because we just had it. So every church can do that in response to that. Yes, one of the things, and he talked about this, about getting in. You know, one of the things when you get there, notify the emergency management. I don't know what they're called. Ours is called emergency management. Um, and find out what the thing, you know, where you can go, what you can do. Because there's some things you just can't do. And insurance and FEMA is huge trying to get in there. Because uh, people are like, I need this, you know. And we're like, contact your insurance first. Um, and so, but yeah, get up with those people. You know, talk to FEMA. They're not going to help you a whole lot, but they're, they'll help. Um, but emergency management is, is huge with that. One of the things with us, emergency management came by, and we had two generators that went down. I mean, just within about two hours of each other. The guy said, hey, what do you need? And I said, I need some generators. And about an hour and a half later, he pulls up with two generators. Um, one of them's a, like a 6,500 Generac, and the other one's a little small one. And the funny story with that, South Carolina came in that night. And I shut my generators down about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I mean, immediately when I shut that thing off, somebody come flying out the door and say, hey, we've got a CPAP in here. We got, I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, those things, and this was a small, quiet one. So I pulled it out of the box, got it ready, hooked it up, you know, and they plugged their CPAP in. And so generate, you know, equipment is huge. Um, you know, I think we have about six generators on our, our trailer, plus a lot of other tools and stuff like that. But equipment is, is huge with that too. But um, really, you know, God blessed us with the opportunity to be able to serve. And that's what it's about. One of the biggest issues we face with Masters Men many times is not knowing. Um, I, I think Alan may have mentioned when something hits and I hear about it, I start calling state leaders and saying, you know, do you have any damage? Do you, you know, any of our people? And we can't go everywhere all the time, but we try to do what we can, especially if there's a free will Baptist entity. And let me say this, we don't serve just free will Baptists. That's, you know, we didn't talk about that. When, you know, they went down, they were going to work for the Church of God, and we work for those guys a lot uh, doing different things. Uh, so we don't go say, oh, you're not free will Baptist. Well, you know, let your group come and help you. We're, we're, there, to, we're there to serve in Jesus' name. And we, as we've gone in many times, uh, I've worked with Samaritan's Purse on several occasions. Uh, we've worked with, when we were in South Carolina, we worked with the uh, Southern Baptist up there. And we had to straighten them out on a couple of <laughs> things. But anyway, uh, uh, huh? 
Yeah, God's pit crew there. So there's a lot of organizations that, that we work work with because we're all there for the same thing. And it's not about a name. It's, it's about uh, serving. So if and Sam and I were at the Free Baptist State Leaders meeting earlier this year. And that's one thing we said. If something happens, let us know. Because uh, I've had people say, well, why aren't you there? For what? You know, we had no idea anything was going on. So uh, things like that happen and, you know, being able to, to be there. Sam, you want to share some here with us? Sam has, uh, he, as I've said, you're, you're the new guy at, at NAM, And I said, yeah, but he's the oldest new guy that we've got. But Brother Sam has been a real blessing to me and the Masters men since he's been with us. I, I would just uh, echo what uh, what you've already been been told about uh, the the blessing that you get from being able to be involved in that. I will mention one other uh, way that you can you can do some things. Uh, uh, the hurricane that just happened, and I'm man dates run together for me. But down in Fort Myers, we have a Hispanic uh, church down there, a church plant, and those guys when the hurricane hit. The pastor, uh, Joel, Joel uh, his house got damaged and a lot of things happened, but he immediately went into ministry gear. And uh, if you know Joel and you see him on Facebook, he is a chef, man. He loves to cook. So all the power's out, so he gets his grill out and he's got a bunch of food in the freezer, so he, he starts cooking. And uh, Alan goes down there, Blake goes down there. A lot of, a lot of folks end up getting down there. They... Uh, he's out going, buying, trying to find bigger pans and pots to, to cook in. And he comes back home and his wooden fence had blown down. When he gets back home, his wife, he looks over there and he says, where did the fence go? And he looks, she doesn't build a fire with the fence. Uh, and she's, they're out there cooking uh, with wood. And they did this for weeks. Uh, they, there was a lady in the church that had just purchased one of these... Uh, uh, heat transfer machines. To, they were going to start a t-shirt business. She had a bunch of t-shirts that they had just purchased. And, uh, and uh, so they said, well, how can we use these things, you know? And so they end up printing a bunch of shirts, uh, advertising their church and asking, how can we help? They print these uh, little stick-on labels, go and buy a bunch of uh, takeout trays. And they were literally preparing like 100, 200 meals a day, taking them in the neighborhoods, in their uh, in their van, and uh, and just serving the people, and praying with them, and uh, he uh, turned his house. He has a, a fairly good sized house, and he turned his garages into a to a distribution center. And I mean, I, I went down there, and they had everything in the book. We had Free Will Baptist. They had Methodist Church of Christ. All kinds of people driving from Georgia, from all over the place to South Florida, donating uh, stuff to them. And they would take it out into these neighborhoods, just pull in and start uh, making announcements and saying, hey, we've got this stuff, come get what you want. And it was supplies, it was food, it was clothing, it was diapers, uh, it was everything. And so uh, I would just say be creative, you know, uh, the, of how you can be used. And that's what they did. They used the things that they had to, uh, to, to minister to the people and to... To share the love of the Lord with them, and they they coordinated with other groups and just did all kinds of things. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved, but I would just echo what's been said that uh, anything you do is an opportunity. You may not; these people may not show up in your church, uh, but uh, someday 
they may need a pastor and they may remember that, uh, that you showed up and you may be the guy they call when they really need something to happen. But um, uh, pray for us. I mean, one of the things that uh, our, our lives, Ken and I, we're, we get so busy and our calendars get so booked up, but thank the Lord that we've got folks like Alan and Mark and, and all of the other guys that have gone places that uh, when Ken and I can't go, uh, that you can go, and we're trying to supply the materials and needs, uh, the tools that you need.